Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. You know him, you love him. He's here with me today again, my co-host. I'm tripping over my words. Andrew Decker, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Mr. Harris? Doing great. I think we need to be more formal today because we're appearing before a judge for the first time as a podcast. Yes, and whose first name is also Andrew. Right. So three Andrews walk into a judge's office and only one of them is a judge is, is okay to be there i don't know you're right i don't know well, um, this is our second episode with three andrews in, just, in like six weeks yeah we're trying to keep people on their toes and that of course is andrew wright how you doing buddy i'm good man how are y'all uh, was it uh, a surprise for you after you were elected judge that your first name was replaced with judge i actually hate that aspect of the job it's funny because Obviously, I have a lot of friends from the courthouse prior to and after, and I'll see them in person. They'll call me judge, and I'm like, hey, 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 we're not in court. Um, the name is still Andrew. Um, yeah, 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 it's it's not a not a not a good side effect of the job. Right, no, right. No. I actually have a friend from high school who is a judge, and I will see him various places, and I kind of get caught up. Do I call him John? Do I call him Judge? And he kind of laughs at me and he's like, just call me John. I'm like, but it's hard because I know everyone else around you might think that I'm being disrespectful if I just call you John. So, Oh yeah. It's funny because I say that and I complain about it. And then I'll, I went to a judicial conference and there's a gentleman that used to be an appellate court judge, but before that he was a state court judge where I first met him, a district court judge. And his name was Mark Brown, and uh, he serves as a visiting judge. But I went to a judicial conference, like, I think it was in January or February this year. And he was in front of me in the line of the hotel to check in. And I said, how you doing, judge? And he just looks at me. He's like, it's Mark. And I'm like, you know what it is, but it's just so hard for me to do it. So I understand, right. like, the mental block. But, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that I'll, I won't have my name back, uh, you know, for at least – a couple more ever. years depending on yeah ever what the, yeah oh, yeah oh. yeah sorry man so let's talk about that so when uh when did you take the bench so i was elected in november of 18 took the bench on january i guess technically january 1 2019 although my my tenure was delayed by a day because i did go to the uh sugar bowl to watch the horns play so <laughs> um, right on. I guess I missed. I guess I missed my first day on the job. I did have coverage though, so it was as covered. <laughs> and, and so that uh, that term is a four year term, is that right? Yeah, it'll run through the end of the calendar year of 2022, unless those voters of Harris County decide to retain me uh, for another four years, or I guess reelect me. Retains the wrong word, given the context of the way some judicial spots are taken. But yeah, right. it'll be through the end of 22, and then if lucky enough, I'll hopefully have another term or more. Cool. Hopefully. All right. So, so you said you're a judge in Harris County. Um, yes, sir. Full disclosure to our listening audience, uh, Mr. Harris and I, uh, we don't actually appear before you. Uh, we've never tried any cases before you, and you and, and, and as I call them usually, Andy, are friends from, from being down in the Harris County, Fort Bend area years ago, yeah. right? Yeah, actually, I tried. Uh, I sat with a friend that was trying a case that Mr. Harris was, I guess, sitting with as well. I mean, I've known Andy, Andy long before that, but it's funny because you don't appear before me, but I have tried a case against Mr. Harris. Yeah, I was a prosecutor back then. Yeah, it still made me mad. Still, I yeah. don't forget it either. 
Uh, we've talked about that, and I, I just don't, I don't remember the case. But I did when I was a prosecutor. I made a number of people mad, so I apologize, Judge. I, I do remember there was a scenario in which I was, uh, the my co-counsel didn't seem to think it was a big deal, but I was kind of incensed with some stuff that wasn't given to us very late. I alleged, you know, it was Brady stuff, and I remember Andy's famous. The thing that sticks out in that trial, there was some other stuff that happened, but I remember Andy goes. Judge, this isn't exculpatory. In fact, it's inculpatory. And I just wanted to look and be like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So so, yeah. I, so I'm 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 liking Judge more and more. He he kinda he kinda falls in my line of you know, Mr. Harris just well full of it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's let's get back to topic a little bit. Um so how many trials do you have in a typical year? So I think uh, one of y'all and I were talking about that, just kick it around. I look up, I keep a log just because I, even though I'm more of a type B personality, I just check before. So last year, 2019, which is my first year, we tried 20 cases and then we had about three or four this year prior to, you know, uh, Corona throwing a monkey wrench and everything. So um, I was hoping this year we could maybe do a little bit better than last year and get to 30. I was actually on a decent click and then, well, you know, the world changed and yeah. the, obviously that number is not, not getting touched and I, I doubt it'll get touched next year, even who knows about 22. So when was your last trial? Uh, you know, we're assuming pre COVID cause we're going to talk about one that happened since then, but uh, when was your last pre COVID trial? My last pre-COVID trial was, and I'm just looking at my little cheat sheet, was we picked a jury at the beginning part of March. I think it was March 3rd. Um, and I actually had some set right around the time that our courthouse got shut down. But for whatever various reason, I can't remember if they were continued, dismissed, or pled. But um, March 3rd was the last actual time we picked a jury prior to Corona in my court. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of cases set for mid-March and they suddenly got literally walked in on Friday morning to find out that Monday, no courts would be open on, that was like, like the 13th and nothing would be open on the 17th. So. And then the next question is when, and they're like, we'll let you know. Yeah. And we're still under the, we'll let you know. Um, but you had, um, you know, we took, I guess that, so COVID hits, everybody's kind of just off for what, two months? Cause we just have no clue. There's no real plan. We just know we're not doing anything for now. And then they start easing up those restrictions. When did you start having, when did you start having people back in your courtroom? Um, I never stopped. What happened oh, really? was, I know every County was a little different. Like we never just flat out said no dockets. Now what we did was, Initially, when everything got real intense mid-March around that, I think, yeah, that 16th, 13th, whatever that was, our county commissioners and I think our county judge said, uh, we have 16 criminal county courts, so the misdemeanor courts. They told us that you could only, uh, you couldn't operate out of 16 courtrooms. You could only operate out of four. Um, so what we as judges made the decision was we weren't going to do uh, bond dockets uh, for the interim or some period of time. And I don't remember how long that lasted. Uh, we were only doing jail dockets, people in custody. And then we, uh, had to share four courtrooms. So meaning me and three of the, my colleague judges 
actually share a docket. So one day I'd handle four of the jail dockets, my court and three other courts, jail dockets. And that went on. I think I had one day of the week. They wouldn't let the building be open on Friday. So it was Monday through Thursday. I picked one day when the other judges took another day and so on and so forth. But uh, I've been coming to the building ever since. And then at some point, I it was probably about uh, two months. Then they let us go to, we had two courts that had to share. I had to go to another judge's courtroom and uh, basically did my docket and her docket. But then we, I think after about the first month of doing that four to one, we would add some bond matters and it wasn't, it wasn't your typical bond docket. It was, Hey, you know, bond conditions, or there was some type of bond violation that we needed to address stuff that was like, we need a defendant here because we need to address some stuff, but the, your typical show up. Cause you know, we're waiting on discovery or waiting on this or me and the, the defense of the state are talking or something and so forth. That kind of stuff was done mostly uh, via email or phone or things like that. Okay. And but, did you ever do um, like Zoom hearings or, or proceedings so, by Zoom? Yeah. I mean, so every day I have Zoom on. So when all that stuff hit the fan in March, the uh, district attorney here in Harris County uh, told, her told the prosecutors they could not come to court until basically things result clear up. They have not been to court since. So, um, not only for the district attorney's office, though, but for also attorneys, I know there are a lot of defense attorneys that were concerned about what was going on. We set up Zoom. So, my Zoom's on every day. Uh, I actually have like a live feed channel some days. Uh, I'm not technically savvy enough to make sure it's working or turn it on. But yeah, my Zoom's been on every day since then. Um, initially, we handled a lot of things via Zoom. Now it's mostly. Um, in the context of regular docket, I'll have attorney zoom in. Um, and it actually has been working. I don't like it cause I hate technology and I like the way it was done, but it actually works decently as far as, you know, I have an attorney showing up, Hey, why is this case on docket? Well, we're waiting on this. And then you can kind of harangue the, uh, state or the defense attorneys to kind of get stuff moving. And then that way the defendant doesn't have to show up. Um, I actually have some defendants actually zoom in sometimes and I'll just tell them, Hey, do you have an attorney? They're like, yeah. And I was like, well, get off the zoom, call your attorney and tell your attorney that the judge told you they only just need the attorney present. Cause I really don't need a bunch of defendants showing up for no reason. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Most of the time on a pretrial docket, unless there's a plea to be entered or something to that effect where you really have to have a, a client present most of the time it's really between the state and the yeah. defense attorney. We don't even no offense. We don't even often talk to the judge. We just hand a paper to the coordinator and go, when do we see you next time? Yeah. yeah and that, that's the way it was done here for however many moons. Um, I kind of take a more active role than a lot of judges just because, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times the judge is involved and tells the attorneys, whether it be a prosecutor or a defense attorney, like, Hey, what are you doing? Get on this. It seems that they actually react better than my coordinator. Um, my coordinator is amazing, but all the time I hear from her, she's like, hey, you know, these people told me this and this didn't happen. So I'm probably take more of an active role. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of times that, you know, it's just if it's a younger case and it's not something that uh, needs to be done. I actually tell my tell a lot of defense attorneys like you, you guys don't even need to wait till the day of just get a hold of my coordinator a couple of days out and just move the date back. 
Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. So I mean, you, we need to go ahead. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, the DA was not allowing her prosecutors to come into court. How, when we talk, we're, we're going to get into your, your trial that you recently had. I imagine they appeared in person at the trial. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they've come a couple times. I mean, I said they haven't been back. That's not a 100% uh, on the no statement. Uh, it really depends. Like I had somewhere along the lines in June or July, maybe August, I had a contested motion to adjudicate here and it actually did not go for some other t- reason that well not another reason the defendant didn't show up but uh <laughs> like the prosecutors showed up for that so things that are like necessary happening they have done now i know that in other courts in harris county there have been a couple trials i think those were bench trials that the prosecutor appeared remotely but in my court anytime i've had something like that that's serious or you know go time with witnesses and whatnot they have shown up so for trial they definitely showed up um Okay, so time. right, so that's a great segue. So you've actually had a trial. When 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 was your trial? Our trial that we had, uh, we picked a jury on the twenty fifth of September, which would have been a Friday. I think the last Friday in September, and then we started with witnesses the following Tuesday, which was the 29th. and the trial was over that day. Okay, which for a lot of misdemeanors, um, that that's pretty common. It takes about you know a yeah. day. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so so Harris County did a weird thing where because of spacing, we're not picking juries where we had last year. We actually went to NRG Arena, which is on the same grounds as where the, the Texans play. But it's a it's an older facility that's kind of like a arena space. But they pick juries there. So because of that logistic, we only picked a jury on the Friday. If it were still the old way in my building, the courthouse, we would pick a jury and then just go straight into testimony because jurors had to be in a different space. I just said, hey, we'll start testimony next week. So, yeah, I mean, I think we could have gotten it done even faster than that, if not for the whole, we can only do certain limited activities at this one space and then have to go to the other space. So you picked a jury at NRG. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Which is uh, just like a big, like essentially a big, like convention type space. Yeah, the yeah. rodeo is there, whatever. But it's this—it's just a huge open room, right? Um, this you're thinking of center. This is arena, but the space okay. that I actually picked it in is essentially what you're thinking. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Andy, if you've ever gone to any of the auctions they do at the Houston yeah. Livestock Show and Rodeo. Of course, so the big the big room and arena that they do those auctions, like where you see these people spend, you know, four or five hundred thousand dollars on a big steer. Yeah, um, I actually picked my jury in that room, which is crazy to me because that's the context of myself knowing that room. And I've gone there plenty of times, me and my wife, and spent more money than I wanted to for a abundance of different reasons. But right. show, but we did it in that room, and I like the whole time I was picking this jury, I kept looking around, thinking like. I mean, where I'm sitting, they usually bring these really expensive steers in, and I'm just sitting here picking a jury as a judge. It's crazy. It's a different different kind of cattle call. Um, <laughs> different kind. So, so yeah, that was the same room that you dropped 400k on the on the grand champion last year, right? Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> actually, actually, the market steer auction did not happen last year in person. It was online. But if you think I could spend 400 grand on anything, you know, you don't know me as well as you think you do. All right. All right. <laughs> it's still a government employee, right? Okay. Yes. So, so 
did did both parties have to agree to the trial? The way I understood, at, le- at least our administrative judge, the one for Area 8, uh, says that both parties have to agree. Is that true for, for you all, or was it just no, no. one objected? Uh, it's actually neither. So there were different guidelines that the Supreme Court came out when they first started to send people to go back to trial. I know at some point there was an aspect of consent to the parties. Correct. Um, and I actually had some set in August because originally when I was starting to look at like, okay, it's time we need to get back to work and start doing jury trials because this thing, Corona is going to last, you know, longer than I think we expected it to. When it looked like it was going to happen, I was looking at August. And then the Supreme Court came out with a new order that said, nothing until September unless you meet these certain requirements. And I thought, you know what, let's move it back to September. Um, because, you know, I just didn't want to jump through all those hoops. And then they moved it to October and I'm like, okay, so let's look at C what the rules are. Um, and, and I don't know about different administrative judges or regions, but in my space, which is I think the 11th where judge Susan Brown is the regional presiding judge. Um, the rules that I had to do was I had to present a plan to them, kind of go over and explain to them that I'm actually going to, uh, look after and protect jurors and, and litigants and parties, you know, interests and all that and jump through some hoops and tell them what my plan was and then once that was signed off then they sent something to austin and kind of told them i I don't know i don't know what that happened with that conversation but i I have a feeling they basically said hey we're comfortable with what you know judge wright's proposing as far as you know how he's going to conduct things and then i got an email basically saying that i was approved to hold jury trials so um and then there was i know that I think it was in August that at that point you had to get the party's consent, but in the time that I got approved, I don't have to get the party's consent. In fact, if they object, you know, it's just going to be up to me whether or not I want to let that go or not. And I have the trial that I did have, I will note that neither party, neither the state nor the defense, uh, defense attorney or defendant objected. So, and who knows, I have had one that was going to go on the 11th, we of September, we moved it back because there were some other issues. I know that attorney did lodge some objection, uh, but there were some other issues going on with that case, and that's set to November. We'll see what happens in November if they'll still object. And I, and I haven't, you know, obviously made any decision on what happens when I have an d- attorney or defendant basically just say, I'm not going to go to trial because uh, Corona. I don't know what I'm going to do there. I guess it'll kind of depend on, you know, in the moment how uh, how I feel that if it's legitimate or not. Because, like, I mean, everybody has different medical issues or personal situations that sometimes might just say, hey, maybe we and need we're to not gonna make you. We're not going to ask you yeah. to make a ruling in advance of a motion. Um, uh, but, yes, to, to, uh, I appreciate you saying, hey, I'm basically going to have to take it when it comes and look at right. Uh, totality right right all the factors right you know is this somebody who might be highly susceptible is it someone who's you know just trying to buy some time you know what's going on with yeah the circumstance just adds like another layer of consideration on top of like whenever any other attorney is asking for a continuance like you look at how old the case is what's the reason for the continuance how much work is being done to solve the issue etc so right absolutely yeah i get that so um, it, I'm just curious, though, like when you first announced that you were going to start having a jury trial, did you get any pushback either from the state oh, or 
sense? You know, where people are like, Judge, um, are you sure? Are you serious? Or not it or not? not in that not in that particular case, but I mean I've got plenty of friends that are defense attorneys or prosecutors that have you yeah. know, some some have come to me that have been kind of like, you know, what in the world are you doing? Why would you care? I had a, a good group of friends that I'm on a group text with that, you know, heard I was going to trial and uh, all three of them are defense attorneys. One does more civil than they do criminal defense, but all three of them were like, hey, you're a misdemeanor judge. What are you doing? And like, it's not that serious. What's the big deal? And, so, you know, had a decent, I mean, guys, I love and respect and I very much appreciate yeah. their opinions, but I don't agree. So, um, yeah, we went to trial. So there was some of that and I got a lot of blowback. I mean, I had people sending me different various defense organizations, letters or uh, opinions on how jury trials should not happen. And uh, I'm trying to think if I got any blowback from, I mean, I know some prosecutors that weren't connected to these cases or even in my court that have made comments to me about how they essentially thought it was, I guess, not insane, but just not something that should be done right now. But, you know, at the end of the day, I look at it as, you know, if I knew exactly when this pandemic was over and I knew if you could give me a definitive date um, and say, hey, if you just wait till, let's say, March, and I'm just using that because it's almost a year out. Somebody told me is in March of 2021, things will be fine. There won't be any concerns of this. You can go back to trials. You know, maybe I'd consider waiting until then, but nobody's going to be able to tell you that date. And there's a certain point that we just need to get back to work and get back to doing what we're doing in a smarter, safer, socially distanced, you know, uh, manner, of course, but definitely in a scenario where uh, just waiting indefinitely for nothing. You can't wait for government all day. You got to finally get back to work. Right. Well, so, yeah. so let me actually follow up on, you said, you know, making sure social distance was important. Um, uh, I let you know via email that I was actually in a federal jury trial. Um, the first, basically we started the Tuesday after Labor Day um, okay. and the federal courtroom in Fort Worth had enough space that literally they just spread the panel out for jury selection. Some of them on the, the bar side of the bar to keep them socially mm -hmm. distant. Um, and then they spread the jury out. So we were able to use the federal courtroom because there's just not as many strikes allowed. There's not as much talking. And so basically the first 12 become the jury. Um, uh, yeah. but, but after you selected, after a jury was selected uh, on Friday and you, can't, you had them come back on Tuesday, did you use your normal courtroom at that point? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, so what we did was, I mean, so we did things to limit interactions with people. So um, as far as where the jury sat, which is a big question, obviously I'm in a misdemeanor court, so I only have six jurors. Uh, right. So it's a lot easier. I, I, in a, if I was a felony judge, it would be a big problem. I've heard certain felony judges are spreading them uh, out in the gallery. Yeah. Mine, what I did was I just spaced it out in my jury box. We also have like an ADA bench that like we use. So I just spread them all the way out to where they're, you know, distance out. And then um, the only other thing I had to worry about was like counsel and, and the defendant because, uh, you know, we have like a cap on how many people can be in our room because of social distancing. We never even got close to that number. Uh, so that was something I was concerned about. If you had a bunch of onlookers come in, uh, then, you know, we get to that limit. And then what do you do with Open Courts Act and so on and so forth? But it was really just um, like there was some weird stuff. Like at certain points, 
one of the attorneys might want to approach and they'd you know stand up and say judge can we approach and it made that very complicated and a lot of times the answer was no let's just keep going uh, there was, uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys love that, right? I, yeah. I, I object to that ruling. I just want you to know. Sorry, judge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, no, I was one of those lawyers, like Andy's trying to case with me. He knows, like, I, I'm totally fine sending the jury out so we can talk about stuff. And, it, and I do that on the bench too, because, you know, sometimes there's stuff you just can't talk about the jury. And, and the problem is you can't just put on white noise and have the attorneys come up and like, get real close to me so we can hear what we need to talk about. Cause obviously we can't be in each other's faces. Right. So that was very complicated. Um, that was something I didn't like, but something that I will tell you that, you know, I now understand why certain judges throughout my tenure as an attorney were like, no, just move along. And, and now I get it being on this other side. I don't like it uh, from y'all's point of view, but right. I now get why judges kept telling me like, move on. No, just go ahead. Move. Um, there were things like that. There were exhibits were kind of clunky and a pain in the butt. Cause I know at one point, uh, I think it was a prosecutor. was like, judge, can I publish a jury? I was like, yeah. And she wanted to stand up and I was like, no, no, no. We have this Elmo down here, document camera, whatever you call it. We call them Elmos for a reason. Yeah, we Use it. Right. Cause we we're so used to just standing up and showing it to the jury and passing it around. Well, that's not going to happen obviously. Right. So that was awkward, but we got through it. Yeah. So one of the advantages in the federal system is that all the exhibits, this, especially that the prosecution uh, that the U.S. attorney expects to present are in a binder already oh. presented to the defense and then available at the bench. So literally the prosecutor would stand up and say um, to the witness, I need you to turn to tab 23. Do you recognize this this document or this picture? Um, and I thought, you know, if we actually go to jury trials, I think that would be a great way to handle exhibits. And then there was a copy, you know, they literally just put it up on the on the on the monitors, right? right. So everyone could see it then once they had once it was uh, recognized and admitted. So it may be one of those pieces where the state needs to catch up with the feds and putting all that together because there's no surprise exhibits from the state ever. No, no, there's not. There shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're Andy Harris in trial. (laughs) Come on. I'm I'm, going to have to get a transcript of this. Uh, (laughs) I have no (laughs) recollection of this at all. Um, So, so what about witnesses walking in and all that kind of stuff? So how'd you handle that? Before Corona, I always did this kind of general spiel, even if it's an officer I know has testified a million times, just so everybody hears the same thing. The jury doesn't think I'm doing different, different witnesses. I've always given a spiel of like, Hey, you know, make sure one of the attorneys, if one of the attorneys stands up to object, don't answer until they've had a chance to object and I rule on it. Don't talk over people. If I, you know, give audible answers, I always do that anyways. So it just made my normal, I guess admonishments is probably a bad word, but my little spiel that I give to witnesses longer and that I would explain to them, Hey, you know, while you're in the jury or the witness box, um, I want you to take off your mask. You can continue to use a face shield if you want, but I want you to take off your mask. We sanitize the witness box after every witness. We gave them a little cover for a microphone, told them all, if you want hand sanitizer spray, uh, or gloves or anything like that, just let me know. We will definitely accommodate you. So, I mean, there was more, I guess, work that I had to do and more stuff that I had to say. 
but you know, I just made sure I told the witnesses as close to the same thing as I could each one. Um, and then after every witness, myself and my bailiff actually would sanitize the space. I sprayed it with a, a you know, a disinfectant Lysol type thing, even though you can't buy Lysol, but something similar. Right. Um, wipe down all the surfaces. Um, the, we have like these sneeze guard, I call them gas station glass up, wipe the insides of those down, wipe the little screen that the witnesses can scribble on, wipe that down. Just so basically any touch services or anything they come in contact with is, you know, cleaned um, for, yeah, before the next person sat down. Sorry, George, you mentioned masks. Um, are, is the state and defense wearing masks at this point? Are the jurors wearing masks? What's the what's that protocol like? So my rule has been pretty early on, everybody, that if you're in my courtroom, you better have masks on. I have to constantly, my bailiffs do it all the time, to tell people to keep their mask on or make sure it, you know, it covers your nose and mouth. Um, so that's pretty, pretty much a steadfast rule. We gave jurors... Uh, face shields. I think one juror wore their face shield in the courthouse into the next day. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody's wearing a mask except for the witness. Um, just because I think that you need to see their face and when they're talking. Yeah. Uh, but the attorney, the attorneys wore their mask the whole time. Um, when we picked a jury at NRG, I told the attorneys if they wanted to take off their mask but keep their shields on. Um, I would allow that as long as they did not get up and move around and just stay in their, you know, spot at their desk. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I mean, that, that's masks were pretty much a, a done deal for me. Like, I know there's some people that just think they don't need to wear them or, you know, it gives them no cognizable benefit. I was actually at Texas OU this past weekend, and there are a lot of people that are up in the stands not wearing them, but. I mean, at this point, I just think it's insane not to wear one until we kind of get this corona thing under wraps. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned um, approaching the bench. Some of the exhibits were a bit clunky, but like what was any other complications that, that came up for you during trial? Uh, um, I'm trying to think. When we were picking a jury, they, they set up this really elaborate microphone system because we were essentially in a big auditorium. They set up a really elaborate microphone system that I think uh, – I mean, it's good, but there are some limitations of that system. Um, that was not very fun. But once we got to the courthouse, I, I don't think there were any issues like that. It was just, and part of part of that setup that they did was great. We just might not have been using it right because we've never used it before. So, I mean, look, things like, things about how me and my staff do it, like, we usually will get like pizza or sandwich trays or something for jurors for lunch. Well, obviously that's a bad idea. So it was weird trying to figure out, okay, well, who does individual box lunches and will they deliver and can we get them to send that to the courthouse? Yeah. Yeah. Good call. It's like the, every little thing is set up to, for like a communal type uh, event, right? right? I mean, this is our right. community right. system of justice and right. yeah. that so all of a lot of that has to be changed. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of courthouses actually just send the jury to Out, lunch. They yeah, say, "Hey, come back in an hour and fifteen minutes. Go enjoy your lunch." Um, huh. Well, that becomes a problem when you can't go into restaurants. Right. Um, so, so uh, where, did, assuming, and assuming your jury had to deliberate, were they going to go to the normal jury room? Was there enough space there, or did you have yeah. a plan for that? No, our space like. So in, in our county, the district courts and the county court at law courtrooms are all the same size. Your rooms are all the same size. 
So it, it, like, honestly, my space could be built for 12 and it's built for six. So we had enough space. Um, is it ideal? Do I necessarily want to put a bunch of people in one little small room? No, but um, the space is workable for six. Well, I say six, but we had seven. We picked an alternate, um, but it's workable for seven. Uh, is it the greatest of time? No. Would it be better? There's a bigger space. Yeah, but I don't even know where there's another space that I could use. I know we have a ceremonial court, but uh, those are in use from some different project courts or administrative courts that go on that like, I don't think, even think we could have gotten that space if we wanted it. Right. So gotcha. um, uh, do you normally pick an alternate? No. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, most I don't think I've ever picked an alternate in a misdemeanor. Yeah, and and I don't. I'm trying to think back when I was trying cases as a lawyer. I don't think I ever have either, and I don't like doing it. In fact, I totally, you know, some of that was clunky picking a jury just because I'm not used to it. Um, back since I used to try felonies, I mean, felonies we picked plenty of them over the years, but uh, yeah, we picked one alternate. I just assumed, hey, from the Friday to Tuesday. You know, the chance somebody comes in contact with somebody or, you oh, know, yeah. starts feeling bad or something like that. I want to make sure that we at least have an alternate in case we can. Uh, right. Yeah, because <coughs> cough, <coughs> judge, I can't right. come in now. Um, yeah. So, so what, what do you think um, you'll do different after your first trial for your next one? Um, I think that... I, 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 I don't know. Like there's something in the moment. Absolutely. I'd be like, Hey, I could do this better next time. Um, there are four spaces that we could pick a jury in. I got the better of the four spaces. There's another room that is, uh, or three other rooms that are carved out of a very large room that, um, I think will be a, a bigger issue. Um, I think that one, I will probably try to encourage the attorneys to get up and use a podium where the space we were at, we didn't use that because there was more stadium seating. Um, I think that's one of the things I'll do. Um, I think I'd probably try to limit the days even more. Uh, let's see if we can't get it done um, in one shot. Cause that case we had uh, ended up ending earlier because of some procedural stuff more than uh, a standard case. Right. Um, but I definitely had concerns that it was going to spill over to the next day. So I think I'll probably spend more time talking to the jurors to make sure that they're okay working a little bit late if we can get it done in a short time frame. Well, you mentioned earlier too um, something about headphones and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Like how would they be used? What would they be used for? And, and some concerns. Um, about so Madonna uses them when she vokes. I, <laughs> that's not what you're talking about. Hey, judge, no. don't 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 encourage him. You know, we we don't we try not to laugh at his jokes. Well, so I don't know. Like the headphone <laughs> things, I think is great in the fact that I do know in my vordar and another judge's vordar that hearing people was very much an issue, right? But yeah. when and they actually, so I will say that when I was talking to some of the other judges, they said for like attorneys wanting to approach, that they'll give everybody a headset and then you can put them on. I have not been provided those headsets in my courtroom, so I don't even know how if we could do that. But if, if jury selection has headphones, that actually might be great. But then I just have I have a human concern about like, okay, who's cleaning those and how often, right? Right. Like, yeah. 
I mean, are they going to be like the airlines where they hand you little earbuds as you walk in, you plug them in? That that'd be okay, but how do we get you know the funding for that? Right. Well, and well, it, it, again, it becomes the sanitation of all the surfaces as much as it is the spacing. Um, how do you how do you clean uh, th- these devices? How do you make sure that they're clean? How yeah. do you make sure that you know? Order. But 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 he, but even in a normal courtroom, you'll have somebody sitting on even the second row who just kind of talks like this because they're a little nervous and they don't want right. to talk in front of other people. And you're and you're like, I have no idea what they just said. Right. Oh yeah, there there was one lady that was uh, you know talking and. I think she was a soft-spoken individual, and I think that was going to be, you know, the general juror that just kind of coasts by and hopes nobody asks her anything and says nothing. But uh, even after, like, a, an, an attorney would ask her a question, she'd say something, and I would, like, stop juror selection. I was like, ma'am, you know, that speaker, they're like a motion-sensed device, so if you, like, lean forward, and the light will come on and then speak. So even after, like, multiple times stopping and explaining to her how the, the equipment works, Still, very much, she said some stuff. I got about every third word. Now, what she said, what I could pick up was enough anyways that she wasn't going to serve on this jury. But, like, <laughs> right. yeah, if I, was, if I was one of the attorneys involved, I'd very much be like, what in the world did she say? Because I still don't know, and hell, I don't want her on my jury if I don't know what she's going to say. Right. So, so do you, from what I understand, you don't have any currently scheduled, correct? I've any, got one any- Monday. I've got one Monday. I've got one uh, next next Monday. I got one next Friday. I've got probably five or six days over the next couple of months that I have cases set. Yeah. See, Andrew Decker and I have talked about you know business is down for attorneys everywhere. It's just like you know people aren't getting arrested because of the COVID or or they're changing who what offenses they arrest for or police officers arrest for. Um, and I I think too like our phones will start ringing again whenever courts wholesale start having jury trials. People don't feel that urgency to get an attorney. There's no urgency to work their case out. Well, and bars open. And, and, well, of course, bars open. We, you just start seeing higher numbers <laughs> of cases and COVID. Um, how many, like just collaterally to you scheduling jury trials, how, how many cases do you think have, have worked up, worked off of your docket because of that? Uh, quite a bit. And I think, I, I don't think a lot of people thought it was real till they actually heard around the chorus. Oh, wow. Uh, court seven actually had a jury trial and then they're like wow i didn't think i had uh, an attorney that was um there was a case that was kind of slow playing and i told him i was like hey i'm gonna set you for trial and he he goes this is while i had one set before i actually picked a jury he goes well judge those are only for in custody people I was like, what are you talking about i was like well I, I, the supreme court order said it was only for people in custody i was like did you read the order I'm like well no and i was like you should really read the order because there's nothing in that discerns uh, tr- custody versus bond, except for, of course, we give custody preference, but, you know, I can have bond trials too. So I have uh, five settings through Thanksgiving of days that I have cases set for trial. Yeah. So that's, that's about one you. a week, give yeah. or take. Good for you. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready for trials. I mean, I, at first I was a little concerned, like this is crazy. No way. But now I'm like, you know, I've got people in custody and we don't have any trial settings right now. And I, I, we they would love to go to trial and get some resolution. I have, I have learned in this position there are some lawyers and defendants, not necessarily lawyers. I say that and you know make it judges always claim claim it's the lawyers. That's not not fair. 
but I, I know that like, like I was a big procrastinator. I mean, that was just my personality. My wife could probably pull her hair out because of how much I say I'll, I'll get to things later. But, um, you know, having a deadline and actually knowing that deadline might actually happen makes things happen. And it's not just defense attorneys. It's also the state. It's also witnesses. It's also defendants, right? I had a case yeah. last week that was set on Friday and the defendant was very much uh, uh, difficult for the defense attorney. And the week prior, the defense attorney, had, you know, zoomed in with the prosecutor. Hey, I'm going to have to withdraw this case. I was like, well, have your guy come on Monday. And then the defense, defendant get in there, got in there and very much was, I want a different lawyer. I want to hire my own lawyer. So like, I don't really care what you do, but come Friday, we're trying this case. Next thing you know, in the middle of that conversation, once I told him, come with a, that lawyer on Friday, come with a lawyer you hire on Friday and come yourself and we're trying your case on Friday. Next thing you know, that case moved. So, and he, yeah. so uh, I think just the fact that people hear about this stuff in the ethereal sense versus, oh, wow, it's actually going to happen at least does stuff. And I know there are a lot of defense attorneys or even some of my friends that are not liking hearing that come out of judge's mouth, but that's true. Um, right. Right. Well, no one studies for a test that they, that they don't know when the test is going to happen. Sure. That's right. True. We, we study for the test the day or two before the test. I mean, that's just, Morning up for me, my friend. Well, that explains a lot. Um, all right. So, Judge, we, we do appreciate you being on the show. We always ask uh, our guests uh, a few uh, kind of get-to-know-you questions. Um, uh, so I'm going to start with it with what is your favorite band or musical artist? Uh, probably still stuck somewhere in the mid-'90s, and it's probably Tupac. <laughs> I love it, man. Nice. You uh, can tell he was a defense I mean, attorney. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's probably plenty others i mean my my phone uh plays music probably stuck from about 1996 to probably 2004 in heavy rotation but that's probably who i listen to more than anything uh i couldn't even tell you a, local, a current rap artist unless they've been doing it for 20 years and that um is that who just gets you uh hyped on your like two hour runs that you take every morning I mean, I did like an hour 45 yesterday. I worked out today in the gym. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's just, that's the song music of my youth that I enjoy, I guess, for yeah. lack of a better term. Children. Decker's also yeah. a big time runner, but I, I just, I never could get into it. You guys are crazy. I love um, it. Uh, it's great. Judge, what, uh, I should say, Andrew, um, what, um, what's your favorite book? Or a book that you're uh, reading and you're like, hey, this is really a good book. I've read a couple since Corona happened, and this is funny because probably the last book I picked up prior to that was my bar study materials. Um, <laughs> I read hashtag. I read, yeah, I read. I mean, like I read the Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead, which was great. Um, that a friend gave me because the author had signed it and all that. And then I also read, you know, it's typical lawyer stuff. I read the John Grisham, the rogue lawyer that he had wrote, and I read the defenders that another friend had given me that Grisham signed. So uh, those are a couple ones that I've read, I guess, since Corona that I really enjoyed that were good. Or not the defenders, the guardians. Sorry. I take that back. The guard. Yeah. The that guardian. Was, that's a, yeah, that's that one was, of his newer ones. Yeah. And you know, Larry McDougall senior's wife gave me that because apparently he came to some state bar event and she gave it to me and told me she wanted me to have it. And uh, oh, nice. I read it read it in probably a day or two um and you said the first one was the nickel boys yeah the nickel boys which is now by colson whitehead it was great it was uh 
pretty good movie or pretty good book that was about um some kids that were sentenced to go work at some boys farm in the 60s in florida uh, and there's some more to it than that but i don't want to ruin it in case somebody actually wants to read it cool yeah we'll put Jane, that information up on the uh, show notes so just so you everyone at home's playing along i still don't know how to find the show notes uh that sometimes i'm even referenced in so I, yeah we talk about you a lot <laughs> Yeah, I, I have Bad no things. idea how it's that good. works. It's, it's All right, so one more question for you, Andrew slash Judge. Um, uh, if you had one, what is one piece of advice you've been given professionally or personally that you think, hey, this is something I want people to, to carry with them? I will tell you this, as I'm guessing most lawyers listen to this, uh, just answer the question. And that's funny because that goes as far as things we've seen nationally. Um, and I can tell you it's something that drives me crazy quite a bit when interfacing with lawyers or, or defendants or witnesses. It's like we all sit here, we think what they want to hear. Um, but a lot of times just answering the question goes a long way as far as credibility or just trying to get something done. As a judge, when I ask lawyers or witnesses or defendants something and they want to skip to my next question, it drives me insane. Just answer the question. Don't ask, don't tell me something that you think I want to hear or reasoning for just if I ask you the sky is blue don't tell me what's blue you know the, this new atmospheric thing came in blah blah blah, blah. just tell me it's blue yeah I love, right. it. <laughs> I love it man well thank you sir for uh for yeah. entertaining us and for answering some questions um I, I I I don't know how we can keep courts closed forever uh so I appreciate you doing some work and the the federal court doing some work to actually try to figure it out yeah um, yeah yeah, we'll have I mean, to we'll we'll stay in touch. Obviously, you and I communicate pretty regularly, um, yeah. so I want to I want to hear how the how the next couple of uh, trials go for you as the year drags on. For sure, thank you all guys for doing everything you can do. Uh, thank you for continuing to look out for people's uh, interests. It's funny because I know bad defense lawyers sometimes get a bad rap, but this system craters if uh, we don't have people protecting uh, defendants all over the place and. I respect both sides of the bench, but I want y'all to know that we very much appreciate you guys being the last line of defense. Thanks, Judge. Thanks, Judge. All right. Wear your mask. Sanitize your hands. Sure do. And thank you all for listening to the latest episode, and and we appreciate uh, Judge Andrew Wright's time. He's the judge in county, what is it, county criminal court number seven? County criminal court seven, yep. Seven of Harris County. Uh, And thank you all for listening. As always, you can find us on any app that uh, where you can find podcasts. This is Andrew and Andrew on Texas criminal defense. Please like us, share our uh, episodes and and find us on the web, texascrimdefense.com. And we'll see you all next time. Take care. All right. Thanks guys.